Salvation from sin is an amazing thing to consider. That God in his mercy, grace, and love would save rebellious sinners by sending his Son to be accursed on the cross for their sins is beyond comprehension. But we are not the only ones to be amazed at such grace. Today on Drawing Near, we learn how the prophets and the angels responded to God's redemptive plan for mankind. I encourage you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 and join me for Things Angels Long to See. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this grace, but obviously we're not the only ones who are curious nor thankful. We're grateful to have an idea of how the prophets considered these things and how the angels wonder about these things. It serves to remind us just how amazing the mystery of your salvation truly is. And it is mysterious. It hasn't always been understood, and there's a lot to wonder about. But, Father, it's that mystery that causes us to continue to search, to study, to seek to understand, because now we see through a glass dimly, but then face to face. Guide us in our study today. Help us to appreciate and to be amazed by your marvelous grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In our last two studies, we've been talking about things related to our salvation. When we come to verse 10, we read these words. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, and the glories that would follow. When Peter writes of this salvation, we need to remember that it's a salvation that we hope in through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a salvation that results in an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away. It's a salvation reserved in heaven for us who are kept by the power of God through faith. It's a salvation that is ready to be revealed. It's a salvation that is through genuine faith, a faith that is tested by trials and sufferings in this life, and having endured those trials, result in the glory and praise of the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing by faith that this salvation is ours, we rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And these things are marvelous to consider. And yet, there is so much more we could say about our salvation. We could talk about the destination of our salvation, where our salvation is taking us, to the New Jerusalem. And we've looked at that recently. We could talk about not only what we've been saved to, but what we've been saved from. There's so much more that we could consider, and that's why this is so amazing, so full of wonder. Continuing in verse 10, Peter says, Of the salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Peter is writing to Jewish believers. The Jews have a long history of God speaking to them through the prophets. And what Peter is saying here 
under the leadership of the Holy Spirit is that the prophets who prophesied on behalf of God, while they were prophesying, as these things were being made known to them, they inquired of God, and they searched carefully, trying to understand the fullness of what they were prophesying about and what time frame all of these things would be fulfilled. At the end of verse 10, we're told, they prophesied of the grace that would come to us. Most modern Christians look at the Old Testament prophecies as simply being prophecies about the law, because they see the Old Testament as the book of law. Yet what we're being told here is that those prophets prophesied of the grace that would come. And in prophesying of the grace that would come, while living under the law, they were awed, and they began searching to understand this grace that they were prophesying about and what time frame this grace would appear. Because they were under the law, and they desired to understand grace. They desired to come under the grace that results in our salvation and deliverance from the law. Remember, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he essentially nailed the law and all of its requirements to the cross, and he paid for all of our shortcomings regarding the law. He paid for all of our transgressions so that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. We're told in verse 11 about the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. And the Holy Spirit was working in the prophets, indicating the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Can you imagine living in the Old Testament under the mandates of the law, suffering bondage? and the judgment of God because of violations under the law, and doing so without the knowledge of the cross and the atoning work of Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit, knowing that we have been saved from our sins and are no longer under the condemnation of the law, and yet having the Spirit of Christ prophesying concerning the grace that was to come and the sufferings of the Lord Jesus and the glories that would follow. That's an amazing thing to consider, and yet, in some way, we were in the same situation as the prophets. Having known the Lord Jesus Christ, we look forward to the glories of Christ that are coming. We look back on the sufferings of Christ, and we, like the prophets, are looking forward with a living hope to the glories that will follow. One of the things we need to take from this study is that God's redemptive plan continues to unfold. It is moving forward. From the time of creation with Adam and Eve, to the fall in the garden, to the establishment of the nation Israel, through whom the law and the prophets and ultimately the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, would eventually come. He would die on the cross to atone for our sins. The prophets were looking forward to the cross in wonder and amazement with questions, and we look back to the cross, having realized and experienced the grace of God through faith. But they and we continue to look forward to the glories that will follow. And they are coming, just as sure as the Lord Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, those prophecies concerning his second coming will be fulfilled as well. In verse 12, 
As they search these things out, we're told to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to us through those who have preached the gospel by the Holy Spirit. God answered their prayer and made known to them that the grace of God through Jesus Christ was not going to be revealed in their day, but to us. And they as prophets, in declaring these things, were ministering to us, those who would come after the cross. The prophets told us what would happen concerning Christ, his sufferings, and his atoning work. And now those who preach the gospel preach that those things which have been prophesied have been fulfilled, and we have a salvation ready to be embraced by faith. And don't miss this. It's very important. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, was at work in the lives and the ministry of the prophets, and he is the same one, in verse 12, through whom the gospel is being proclaimed in the New Testament up until now. The Holy Spirit worked in those who prophesied concerning the first coming of Christ and the glories that would follow, and it is the Holy Spirit who was and is at work in the lives of those who proclaim the gospel and the glories to follow. In the last part of verse 12, we see that this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, has been sent from heaven. It is the Lord God who sends the Holy Spirit into the world to make his will and his plan and his purposes known. The Holy Spirit who indwells the believer today is the Holy Spirit who worked in the prophecies of the Old Testament, the prophecies of the New Testament, and the declaration of the gospel today. All that the prophets proclaimed leading up to the cross, all of the gospel that has been proclaimed and realized after the cross, we are told in verse 12, these are things which angels desire to look into. This tells us first how amazing the love, mercy, and grace of God is that saves lost sinners. Prophets wondered about it. We live in amazement of it. Angels desire to look into and understand it. It's an amazing grace. It's an amazing story. But they don't only want to look into it because it's amazing. They desire to look into it because it's something they cannot experience. When angels sin and fall away, there is no redemptive work to save them. When Satan and the fallen angels, a third of the heavenly creatures, left heaven in rebellion to God, there was no Christ who dies on the cross to offer them pardon and forgiveness. This is something God does for human beings alone. And so angels are amazed by it, and they wonder at it. They desire to look into it. I am so thankful for the grace, mercy, and love of God in my life that enables my blind eyes to be opened, my hardened heart to be softened, and faith to be birthed so that I may know the Lord Jesus Christ and his accompanying glories. Father in heaven, thank you for your love, a love that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to bear my sin and my guilt and my shame. 
so that I may by faith repent of my sin and know you and the glory of your grace. I thank you, Father, that this salvation will ultimately be experienced in eternity when I enter into your presence and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until that time, Father, keep me and all those who trust in you from sin. Help us to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Help us to endure suffering in this world in a way that brings you glory, honor, and praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.